This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez and John King. Episode 3, U.S. Makes Things Latin. Welcome. So this is episode 3 of the Traxxas Sector Warcast. My name is Tobin Lopez. I'm John King. And we're, uh, we've made it to number 3. The number of the day is three, and so to commemorate that a little bit, we've added a third person to our Warcast today, and his name is Carl Anderton, and as you'll no doubt notice from uh, the accent, he's not from the United States, but so he's from across the pond, and um, we will, he will be joining us regularly to talk about, because he's the, he's the lore guy, he's been do- operating in the games for a while. Well, today we want to talk about uh, store championships are coming. So we're going to offer our thoughts and strategies to beat some of the popular archetypes, hopefully. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about Captain Cato Sicarius and Packmaster Kith. We also want to talk about the second war pack that has been released. Um, want to talk about some of the initial thoughts and if mono faction might now be feasible. Uh, there was a lot of great suggestions uh, for movies, and I really appreciated it. I was able to follow up on a number of them and uh, got some comments on on uh, things to talk about. Haven't, haven't watched everything, but uh, yeah, everybody was spot on with uh, their suggestions when I was watching watching the, the stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, there I see the works. There I see the, the um, Dark Templar. It's pretty, pretty, pretty wild. And then uh, we're also going to give some advice on running attorney. Tobin is quite experienced at, at being a tournament organizer. Carl is as well. Um, and with that, let's go ahead and talk with Carl. Carl, how you doing, man? Hey, doing good. Yeah, doing good. Welcome. I'm, um, I'm delighted you bring up the the law part first. I'm looking forward to Reddit correcting every last word I speak. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you guys can you guys can offer opinion and be correct. So, you know, well, so. we can offer opinion, and nothing says our opinion has to be correct, right? Exactly, That's the beauty. Yeah. The law. <laughs> if you're saying yes, this happened, then. Maybe someone has the potential of correcting you. Yep. Although we did, we made mistakes in the first episode. We made, I think we made mistakes in the second episode. We'll see. Uh, we'll continue to do so. We're not particular about mistakes as they're part of gaming, right? Because <laughs> well, so well, I was about to say, I'm excited just with some of the things that I get into the game and again watching the movies and uh, seeing some of the lore, uh, just reading some of it. It's like, oh, okay, so that now makes sense on some of these cards and. So that's been really, really cool as far as being a new person to that. Yeah, 40K's always been a colorful setting, and getting into the balance between making a decent game and still reaching out to the original people who will point out, no, that Space Marine doesn't have that kind of whatever, you know. Or, you know, Dark Elder would never do that kind of deal. As I was saying before, there are definitely characters popping up that are brand new to the setting, whereas there are still definitely ones that are also very well known. Cato Sicarius is a huge figure from however long back in the, in the story. You know? Right, and, and, and while you might have to uh, might answer this now, is Kugoth, a, 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 this Plague Father, the Scourge guy, is he a established character in the universe? Because people have been talking about him as if he were. Um, so at least that's the interaction I've had with folks. This is where I hit a great admission, because um, I have a bit of a gap in my lore after oh, stopping playing okay. for a while. Right. So Kugoth might be the real deal. <laughs> I haven't honestly looked him up yet. I'm a little behind on the most recent pack. So. All right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Kugoth... Kugoth Allfather is, a, or Plague Father, mm-hmm. um, apparently he has a noxious cloud going around him. So people have been talking about him as if, some of the guys down in Denver have been talking about him as if he's he has some kind of lore in the RPG, some kind of mm-hmm. establishment in the RPG. Yeah, I don't the, know if he does or not. Yeah, in, as, a, as a Nurgle character, that makes perfect sense, but yeah. I honestly don't recognize the name. Actually. Yeah, okay, all right, good enough, good <laughs> enough. Waiting for that one. So, um, uh, so we'll move on to uh, that was the setup phase. So we'll move on to the deep boy phase, in which we'll talk about really how how to beat two of the, I think most prominent and maybe the most played um, warlords so far, uh, Dark Eldar, and you know, in particular, Packmaster Kith, because she's the the Dark Eldar warlord. They had a very good showing at Worlds, right? So they were like, what, eight of the top 16 or Easily. 10 of Easily. the top 16? Some, some, ash- and, and they ended up being six of the top eight. So Dark Elder was all over the place. Obviously, Jeremy won with Space Marines. <coughs> but, um, so sp- I thought we'd talk about what I thought would be two of the more prominent warlords to be seen in the store championship season. And, and I know that a couple of store championships have already happened, 
and people are posting their tournament reports and it's really interesting to read that. Um, so if your meta has a lot of Dark Eldar, hopefully this will, are, are, hopefully you probably, hopefully you know how to beat them, right? And you're not getting thrashed. Um, and, and this you goes have for those solutions. And then hopefully you also, if, if Kato Sicarius comes along. Hmm. Um, but for, you know, I, I don't, we don't play a lot of Dark Eldar where I was. What so. was the common ally at Worlds for Dark Eldar? Um, Big theme there, or what? Probably. Well, no. I I saw I saw what did I see? I saw two Dark Eldar decks. One it beat one beat me, um, and I honestly can't remember who the second faction was because it's either Eldar or Chaos. It must have been Eldar. The two the two that I played one one played Eldar one played Chaos. Yeah. And uh, though yeah. it was very, very minor because I ended up playing, um, <laughs> they were very quick games because I got swarmed under <laughs> incredibly <laughs> fast. I think the first one I lost on the third planet and the second one I might have forced going to the fifth planet. Right. Um, so, I mean, those those were quick games and all I, I just saw nothing but Chimera, 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 just... Yeah. Flying out. Yeah. Flying yeah. out. But. Yeah, so um, it makes it, to me, it would make sense at first blush. And this is how I played it when I played Dark Eldar when the first game first came out was I played it with Chaos because you have Zinch's Firestorm and you have Warp Storm in the Chaos builds, right? Mm-hmm. And with the Colosseum Fighters and the returning an event to your hand yeah. um, mechanics that are in the Eldar stuff, um, it seemed to make sense. Uh, when I got that chain going, it was pretty cool. It didn't last very long. Um, mm. Well, it, but it but it, but it happens. Are in, well, no, the worlds yeah. one one core set problems, wasn't it? So you know, worlds you yeah. had you had the availability of three, but yeah. you didn't have like like this past weekend. I played a guy down in Parker, um, a guy by the name of Evan, and he had a recursion happening. We had the Shrine of Warp Flame, which is the one of Chaos support. Where you tap when an enemy unit is destroyed, you exhaust it to return the topmost Zinch card to your hand. So he was using Zinch's Firestorm to kill somebody. Firestorm obviously hit the hit the ash heap, and Pulling then he'd back. exhaust to pop it back in his hand. So he was just recurring Zinch's Firestorm like it was going to a style, killing everybody. Right. So he could do that a little bit with Coliseum Fighters. He did it. He he used Coliseum Fighters to return the topmost event from your ash heap to your hand when you play them. That's a Dark Eldar guy. I think it's a 2-2-2 two, two, two cost. 1-2-2 two, two cost. It doesn't have any command icons. But the command, but you get that event back. Mm-hmm. So it's very helpful. Um, and I, you know, that goes to show you that there's a lot of recursion, or there is some recursion possibilities in all of these little decks, right? Mm-hmm. Eldar or Eldar has its um, Gift of Isha. Gift of Isha. Isha, Isha, Loreman, what do you think? Aisha. Aisha? Aisha okay, all right. Well, don't, don't, don't take me on that, but Aisha, I think. Right? So so there's a little bit of recursion in each of these decks, and man, that Zinja's Firestorm Shrine and Warp Flame one sucked. Yeah, that's, that's scary. <laughs> he smoked me pretty well. So, all right, so let's let's turn to uh, which one do you guys want to do first, Captain or the well, Pac-Man? <clears throat> one thing to mention about store championships, because there, con- there has been some confusion um, we're here at the Haunted Game Cafe in Fort Collins, uh, my f- favorite local hangout, uh, coffee and game store, and we're, you guys will be having a uh, store championship here. But not for Conquest. Not at the moment for Conquest, yeah. Not for Conquest. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, for, for the other card game I play. Yeah. <laughs> um, but store championships, it doesn't mean that you have to play it, be a regular at the store to play. Um, it, store championships, because you, you said you were getting this with, with some people who had some confusion about, oh, do I have to be a regular at the store to come play? Or, Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's worth mentioning, um, according to Fancy Flight, there is three rough standards of um, organized play. They have the casual, they have the moderate, medium, and then the, the high-end stuff. And store championships actually fall right smack in the center, mm-hmm. where they're expecting you to move, to move beyond casual, because it does have a long-term effect on regional and worlds and so on. But there's no, like, you know, we will we will pick apart every single thing you do and make sure you do it right, and and disqualify you at the first moment. So newer players for a store champ, it's not a bad idea. It's a big mass of people. You oh, know, yeah, it yeah, be, yeah. It should be something you seriously consider. I mean, regionals, that gets a bit scarier. But a store champs, yeah. 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 And Re- regionals are a bit more competitive. To yeah, be sure. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the store championships that I played, 
last year were incredibly casual. I mean, it, it, it was just like a regular tournament. A few bit more of a turnout. Some people would travel. I mean, we had people coming down from Wyoming. I think there was even somebody out from Utah. Um, but it was more of a official stamp on it, as opposed and and a little bit more turnout than opposed to a casual tournament. So I don't I don't think people need to be intimidated by. Oh my goodness, it is store championship. Right, right, and and. Th- the, for the player, the real difference between the store championship and any kind of casual play is one: you need deck lists, right? They're going to rec- the TO should require deck lists, and you're going to require to be sleeving your cards, which you know three fourths of, of folks do already. They already sleeve all their cards. Um, but for on on the casual point, you know, you, in, in casual tournaments, you don't need either of those. The TO can require them, but you don't need either of those. Yeah, unless maybe you're like me and, and have a couple of the promos you're playing because you hit that promo <laughs> on the top of the deck. We were talking about this last episode. You see that promo <laughs> on top of the deck, oh, I know what's coming. Yeah, yeah, the Warhammer ones tend to be blue instead of a gray or black, right? Right. So uh, that could be interesting. Do they have the same texture and... And thickness problem? Yeah, they have a little. Yeah. They have a little bit of that. A little bit. It's, so the, it's the blue that gets you. Yeah. <laughs> Got some of the really early Netrunner ones, and it's like, yeah, there's yeah. a slab of plastic in the center of the yeah. of the pack. You know, that's true. <laughs> now, right. you know, I think. So, go moving on to the strategies about beating. I think easily. You know, let's talk about the captain first, because uh, I think he'll be more popular. Everybody loves the Space Marines. And well, he's it, been he's been a popular faction, and his ability is so good. Yeah, and, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but everybody everybody who knows more than I do, which is a whole lot of people about the Warhammer <laughs> universe, that is, say, Warham- you know, Space Marines are Warhammer. I mean, that's apparently... To be fair, yeah, they're the, they're the big deal that is no real comparison elsewhere. Yeah, um, in terms of their style, the big super 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 soldier, genetically engineered, killing machines kind of deal, mixed in with all their, um, their big lore, this big... Roman Legion kind of thing, particularly the Ultramarines. The Ultramarines basically that since the last eight or nine years have literally been like Centurion kind of setup. You know the the actual heraldry of, of Rome and that kind of deal. Okay. And they had a big tactical specialists, which fits with Sicarius' um, deal. Um, he's actually captain of the second company, so he's an, a known named, well established person in the setting. Okay. And looking over his deal here, with the whole um, gain a resource when you kill someone, I was thinking thinking about. Now is that is that at the planet? It's he, yes. you gain a resource every time an enemy unit at, at that planet, planet is mm-hmm. destroyed. Yeah, so you got a wonderful All two right. part there. It's obviously straight economic advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean that's. Common in every game you can think of, mm-hmm. all, the, all the economic play, all the economic IDs and stuff get the play. Um, but then you've got the deal in, in Conquest of putting him in danger. I mean, he doesn't actually help any. He sits at the planet and goes, "Hi, I'm here as a target. You need to make me go away, or else every time I destroy one of yours, the the, the snowball gets worse." And he's what are his stats? Is he's a so two six? He's a two six, so he can hit. He's not a yeah. weak warlord. He's 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 a, but he his hit points are are at the six, which is the low end for warlords. There's a couple sevens out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I guess my strategy is because you can't really deny him resources, mm-hmm. right? Unless you have a lot of shield cards and you have big units which are expensive to play, so you won't have too many of them. But unless you somehow don't have a unit die. He's going to get resources. Mm-hmm. So my first blush, when I see the captain, I say, okay, first thing I'm going to do is try to deny you cards. So I'm going to try to wind or block command at the planets where card draw is big, right? So um, there's a couple. There's one. There's a couple planets where you have two cards. There's Elowith, which is the search top three cards of your deck for a card and add it to your hand. That's a two draw planet. Big effect, too. Uh, a blue planet, yeah. And then there's a green planet, uh, Barless, which is the battle uh, battle effect is discard one card at random from your opponent's hand, and that's also a two-draw planet. So if those are in play, I really try to deny the captain player that advantage. I, 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 I definitely just, think that's... Because they're going to have the resources, right? But if right. they don't have cards... Yeah, because that's the big deal there, is having done it myself... That extra resource in the right combat turn, you go in the range, kill something, gain that one resource, out comes an event. Right. You know, right. yeah, that one will have sat there from the start of the turn going, yeah, yeah cool. As long as this as long as this goes this plan goes through, if it kills something else, sweet, maybe there's another one in there. Drop right. pot assault or something horrible. You know? Yeah, drop pot assault would be uh, a pretty big It's a rough deal. Pretty big thing. So one of the And then his signature squad. So Sicarius has chosen <laughs> signature chosen. squad, right? Possibly my favorite unit. 
So, um, three cost for a 2-3 reaction after this, enter un after this unit enters play. Move a target enemy army unit at an adjacent planet to this planet and deal it one damage. Right, so it's the dealing the one damage, right? Mm -hmm. It's a three cost, it has one command icon, 2-3, mm -hmm. so he's, you know, it's... it's uh, it's it's that one damage that puts you behind, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that and the move and the movability is yeah, the movability fantastic. So what I've what I've tried to do is draw out the chosen, yeah. right? And I don't draw them out by playing. I don't typically I don't play my void pirates and my one costs um, later, anyways. But I really try to be to 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 play those. One damage resistant guys, you know the two hit points, the three hit points. I try mm -hmm. to, I'll, I try to play those first. I mean, I don't. What do you guys think? I think you've got a good point there. If if someone against Space Marines, if the first thing they do is drop one of their big resource providers on its own, then they think I've got it. They've got two in hand, and they think you've got a chosen. Because if you don't, you're just asking for it to go somewhere it's going to be killed and not have its effect at that planet. Right. Because no marine, no marine player is going to let you do, get like a full draw on a planet or something. You know. Right. With the right. the rogue trader or whatever. You know. Right. So yeah, I, I would play that. That'd be the way I'd go. I try to play the. I try to slow play and draw out that chosen, so that when they do eventually play it, it's not going to kill off my command icon to win that planet. Mm -hmm. Right now, of course, I can't control how many cards he gets to play. Right, but um, so that's 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 the signature squad, and then of course there's the event, the Fury of Sicarius, which is uh, the real. The real bear, right? Yeah, it's a fun one, yeah. Two for a um, tactic reaction. After a Space Marine unit damages an enemy non-Warlord unit by an attack, destroy the attacked unit. Yep, damages. A damage results in a, mm. in a death, but in by, a destruction. By an attack, so no tricks with the Chosen there. But still. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Another good reason to take range yeah. with them. Yeah, man, and that's, and that's so... So, I guess, and that's... I, when I was thinking about this... And I've made this mistake before. I haven't. I've had shields in my hand for my big bads, and he'll do a damage with you know Kato. Heck, Kato does does a damage. Does too. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. and then gets rid of my uh, big old chaos area effect guy, or gets rid of my other my dreadnought that I play in in my um, my Ragnar deck, right? So he gets rid of. He just gets rid of them. Oh, I did two damage to you, and I'm really, really mad. <laughs> so there you go. You're going to die now. And so uh, if I... And that's a one-of, correct? In there's the two of the Furies. There's, there's two, two of the Furies, furies in the yeah, deck. Two in, yeah. two in the signature, yeah. And there, so there's the, four, there's the four signature squads and those two Fury cards that... Well, you're going to have to... I mean... Eventually, they're going to hit the table, that, and you're going to have to think they're coming if, you, if you're facing Kato. Yeah, yeah. It's a one and shield, too, so you're not going to waste it so much protecting. It's not like it's a three. So. Right. So, mm -hmm. so if they're only... If you're, but, but, so keeping that in mind, if you have a unit that's only taking one from a Space Marine unit, <laughs> you probably want to... Especially your big bads. Shield it. Keep your big bad healthy. Keep your big bad from, yeah, from encountering the fury of Sicarius. <laughs> it's just it's just a setup because it's like oh, oh yeah. plink plink. <laughs> yeah. As soon as they get that one damage through, it's like I don't want to deal with your nine four and, monster. And then, and then you just go, oh that's I, I I obliterated you know four cultists and and two demons to to get this guy out and kablam and, yeah. and now he's gone really quickly. I suppose from the other so. side, like you were talking about with the Chosens, keep in mind a good a good marine player now with range is going to do exactly that and hope you start spending your small shields. Yeah, because he's yeah filling, yeah. filling his yeah. pants over yeah. losing yeah. A, a huge unit. You know. Mm. So so how do you take care of the marines? Well, there I think I think this card starvation is is a big deal, right? Uh, one of the things that the space marines have they have a it's not particular to Sicarius, but they have the veteran brother Marxos. Oh, Maxos, right? Yeah. He's a three, uh, three cost, uh, two three, Space Marine loyal card. He has two command icons. But as a combat action, you may pay the printed cost of a Space Marine unit in your hand to put it into play at this planet, right? So if you have, so he, uh, I've been the, the, the recipient of a Space Marine storm. With this guy in play, and combat action—it's not limited to one once a phase. So you just drop your entire horde of space marines. Yeah, as long as you can pay for them, they, yep. can, they come. You and just it's put them right down on that planet and just overwhelm the guy, right? So I've so 
Um, yeah, Space Marines are rough. But I don't know about you guys, but I've, I, I was looking at them, and most of them, there aren't a lot of really big ones. They tend to be high cost. Yeah, the curve a is a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that resource, you know, that's why Jeremy played them in, the, in Worlds, or sorry, not in the World Eater in the Gen Con tournament. Right? Jeremy was saying, okay, I get this resource from the deaths, and I managed to play, and that pays for the slightly overcosted guys. So, um, I think that's two interesting points to, to kind of mix together there is you need to, if you possibly can, denying that resource is not a bad idea. Now, the first one is, like you say, um, well, one of the ways of considering it is if, if you think Sakaris is going there, avoid small, avoid weaker units that are going to get pinged. Yeah, you know, if you yeah, if you like, you know, point. don't don't flood him with Chimera because it's like, oh, cool, it's one damage, bang, resource for me. Right. You know. Right. Um, second point there is, and it certainly hit me, is if you can set it up, driving Sicarius off is probably more of a deal than it is with some of the warlords. You're not losing offensive power; you're losing you're losing that resource roll on. Oh that yeah. Snowball. Yeah. Yeah. If you can d- discourage them from going to a big fight because you've got something horrible like Ragnar or the the Zinch Flame ones, gets me. Yeah. You're not yeah, ready yeah, for yeah. that alongside with the Sorcerer. Oh, that's four damage. Ah, that wasn't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't exactly. expecting that. So that's yeah, so maybe keep that in mind for the ini- for maybe your turns for initiative. That's yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because if you do bloody him, he loses his ability. Yeah, because he's not offensive yeah. himself. There's and, no. And once a warlord is bloodied, yeah, <laughs> they want to avoid. They, they're your if you bloody your opponent's warlord. Your opponent should be avoiding you at all costs. <laughs> right, <laughs> at because point, at right? that point, at that point, you're pretty desperate. Though <laughs> so if you if you've, I mean, I had. Uh, I had a guy pretty much walk over me with Securius uh, because he equipped his relic sword <laughs> uh, that gave him plus two attack and armor bane, and it's, so shield cards couldn't be used to defend it. So he was basically one shotting all my all my stuff when I was playing the Astro Militarum in the Orcs. Tempest Blade. Tempest Blade. Yeah, plus, it's plus one, but still plus three, one. Three armor bane. Three. Is still, yeah, it's still scary. So I mean, he's hitting you for three. You can't shield it. Um, playing if you're playing Sicarius I th- and facing Sicarius, I think, and that's obviously very possible because a lot of people like Sicarius. Um, I still think it holds up that you want to choke your opponent as far as cards, uh, because I mean you're right. You are not going to deny Cato resources, even if you're winning most of the command struggles. Um, if he kills one or two things at the planet he's at. He gains gains one or two resources, and then turn comes, and he draws four more. Oh, he's got five or six resources. That's really enough to start playing lots of stuff out of your hand, obviously. Um, we're, we're, I, I think, I, I really think with the way the Space Marine units are, as good as they are, you're, there's not a way to deal with the units themselves uh, effectively. Unless you're playing something similar, right? You're playing some of the three threes. You're playing those um, because I think a lot. If you're trying to take them on unit per unit, you're and you're not playing the space marines. Your units are most likely going to be weaker. Yeah, run, running the economy again against them, trying to swarm up, trying to match them toe to toe is yeah. tricky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so so you're you're going to have to have cards in your hand that allow um, extra damage to other units. Uh, you're going to have to have, and you're you're going to have to outdraw them. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the the way to attack. Yeah, and I think as well as Tobin was saying, attacking their hand in aim, and if you have any ways of getting cards out of hand or preventing draw, yeah. I mean, you were talking before about Maxos um, drop pot assault with him is horrifying. Yeah, dig down those top cards and get him into play, which then brings something else from your hand, and then you have the scout unit. I can't think of its name properly, which is an ambush as well. Oh, the, or, the scout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that the ability to to suddenly have a planet full of marines. When it looked like nothing, yeah, the eager, yeah, the eager recruit. That is a great little, great right. little wonkust. And 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 to to kind of uh, not not supersede what we're talking about with um, with the new pack, but you have the the rune priest, which is a space marine card, right? The Mordecai rune priest now, Mordecai rune priest now. He's a four cost three four space wolf, so he really de- belongs in um, with Ragnar, but he can he can do some serious. Uh, he does damage to non-space wolves unit who retreat. Right? Now he's forced to interrupt. When non-space wolves unit uh, retreats, from, retreats this from this planet, deal one damage to that unit. So he's gonna you're gonna deal damage to your own folks if you do retreat. As long as it's not space wolves. Yeah, as long as it's not space wolves. 
And so. is that's um, loyal with the Ragnar signature, is it? No, it's not. It's not. It's loyal to Space Wolves. Loyal Space. So that's not a signature. No, not card. loyal. Loyal to Space Wolves. Loyal, loyal Space Marines. Marines. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Loyal, loyal, yeah, loyal Space Marines. That's, is that right? Is that from Ragnar's pack or from the Scourge? One? Yep. This is wow. from. Um, that? No, that's from the Scourge. Uh, this is from Scourge. Yeah. This is from Scourge. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then of course there's Exterminatus, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which uh, can so you you play that you always got I've, to keep that in mind, right? You though <laughs> I think I have figured out what I realized. <clears throat> now uh, the Cato player, the most of the Cato players I was doing uh, were forcing me to deploy at other planets. I mean, he was constantly taking deploying at the first planet. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want, and I didn't want to go toe to toe. So I was deploying at planets two, three, four, five. Yeah. Well, of course, that perfectly sets up exterminatus because you 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 can deploy you destroy uh, units at a at a not the non first planet. Yeah, and it's a deploy action, right? Yes. It's a deploy card. Mm-hmm. So ideally, they're they're pulling out all your plays, and then they deploy, and they're. They're they're sandbagging you, right? They're playing. Oh, I'm going to play. Yeah, the exterminatus. Oh, most and I'm going to play this one little guy over here, and I'm going to do this over here. You want to? You want to? Yeah, you want to play exterminatus as the last card. You want to play exterminatus when your opponent passes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I passed. That. Great. Now, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Everything that you just did that turn or the turn before is for naught. <laughs> I guess we have a planet cleansing gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and. and <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was about to say. I was going to say viral bombs, cyclonic torpedoes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well Inquisition. Here. It was funny talking about. So we, again, going back to the lore, um, I was re, I was watching some of the YouTube videos, and there's some great resources out there. Um, and I do apologize for the guy, but it's, first of all, it's called Fluff for the Uninitiated, is what, he, and he talks about some of the different things. Uh, yeah, and it's really cool. So he talked about some of the basic stuff. Um, I, I think he's from uh, your neck of the woods, and that he's he's uh, from from <laughs> Europe. But one of the things, uh, because I was like, well, why do they, why do they call, why is this card called Exterminatus? I mean, it's a cool name. It's kind of Latin, you know, with with the U.S. on the end of it, all that kind of the Latin root and everything. Um, it's so, sort of it's like inster- extermination for like bugs. <laughs> well, well it actually, it, as far as lore is concerned, sorry, sorry, it, it's U- U.S. on the end equals Latin. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm sorry. That's what got me. <laughs> <laughs> to somebody, who, to somebody who doesn't speak Latin, right? <laughs> but but the um, uh, in in the lore, so there's the uh, the the. The insect ones, the ones that are coming out. Tyranids. 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 So. <laughs> the bugs. Yeah, listening to how horrifying these these bugs are in the lore. Yeah. And when they show up at a planet, there's basically no hope for the planet. And so what the uh, Imperium did is develop, it was like, okay, well, when the, when the uh, Tyranids show up at the planet, because they bring, even their ships are living creatures. In the lore. Oh, yeah, okay. So, okay. and... Uh, you, can, you can quantify us a little bit. Tyranids scale from the micro microbial level to the um, spaceship level. And oh it's the same gosh. species. Okay. Yeah. So when they turn up, the very first thing that happens is they spore, spore seed the whole planet. So the so atmosphere they genetically, so they so at a, at a microcellular yeah. level, they attack they every, the planet. They attack everything right, right. up to that large scale. And, yeah, and then ab- and absorb that into their DNA, basically. Um, so whatever creatures they're attacking, it knows their defenses. It knows their strengths. It's able to incorporate those strengths into its own DNA. So these warriors almost are um, specifically bred for yeah. the opponent that's happening. So that's pretty well. So that what the Imperium did is when they show up and every, it's like, okay, wait for the big spaceship to come in, wait for the swarm mother, and then they just friggin' crack the planet, <laughs> you know, and kill everything. Wow. And that, that, that was the only defense that worked. Now, it cost them a planet, it cost them however many, but basically that planet was already lost in their minds. Right. To be fair, that tactic in the setting was developed well before the Tyranids. The Tyranids okay. are kind of um, uh, mid-game in terms of the storyline, as it were. This, but the Imperiums have always had this deal of they're entirely willing to go, this is a loss, whatever it is, it's full of heretics, it's um, cursed by chaos, which is mm-hmm. a much bigger deal than Tyranids, as bad as Tyranids are, it's far worse. You know, these aliens we can't defeat, so nuke it from orbit. And yeah. they have a variety of nasty ways of doing that, and all of them are quite conclusive, and normally leave a completely uninhabitable, or just flat-out destroyed planet. Right, right, wow. <laughs> That's the Imperium's deal. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't, yeah, we don't I, like you, know, you. boom. The, the, uh, I, I'm used to them writing things off, but 
as a human <laughs> in in year 2014 instead of 40,778 or whatever it is I, i'm i'm a little taken aback by just the like yeah well just this i mean i understand right from but but genet, from a genetic level myself i'm like that's not cool <laughs> i mean that's a fair point the it's normally the Inquisition, which is the big um, kind of basically secret police of the Imperium, ah, okay. um, who would who would wield this. Whilst it's a Space Marine card, it's they're the ones who will actually say do this. They might use the Marines. The Marines have the firepower, the battle barges, and right, the, drop right. the um, the destroyers and all that. But um, so so is there a parallel? So the Inquisition, so mm-hmm. or the Inquisitors? Yes, the Inquisitors. Okay, mm-hmm. so the so the Inquisitors of mankind. Is there a parallel? Like, like, what's the closest parallel in in modern day? Wow, is that um, is it, it CIA? It is, it's um, to be honest, it's it's harking back to the really nasty times. It's the it's the secret police forces in the in in Eastern World Europe, II, German, Germany, yeah. and Russia. Basically, okay, the, so the SS to be honest, yeah, up, up there, Gestapo, horrible things like that. I mean, okay. basically, these are guys who technically wield the authority of the emperor. So as far as you're concerned, there's, I see you've got um, Abnett's novels over there. Yeah. One of Abnett's char- characters, Eisenhorn, says it best, which is he asks one of the um, one of the, the servants of the of the Imperium, "Who do you serve? The Emperor? Treat me um, treat me as him, and we'll we'll get along fine." Oh wow! That's okay. how it operates, and they have right. complete authority. So their deal is: you're saying that you you know you you look at exterminators and go, "That's awful. That's horrible." That's kind of the point. They want they want not to have to use it as much. They can just go, you know, behave or. Planet goes right, you know, right. Okay. and that's how they okay. can keep they can keep entire populations in in control by going. You no, know, we'll just nuke you all from orbit. We've done yeah, it before. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, in the Gaunt novels, I mean, just the first three, I, first two I've read, he executes people on the authority of the emperor. I mean, he he basically he's judge, jury, and execution. Right, that's and, that's, a com- and that's, that's a commissar. That's and a that's and that's a commissar, yeah. and that's one guy for doing something yeah. like desertion. So it, that's understandable. Yeah, but. Blowing a planet away because you got infested with for something that's you're not exactly you're not at all responsible for, but mm. you are infected now. So I guess so. It's guys. Uh, now that I say that out loud, maybe it's more like it's a disease. Like you've caught a virus. Yeah. There well, you just also, get rid of it. It's tactical as well. If you think in terms of the forty k setting, there are a, it's a galaxy. There are a stupendous. Oh yeah, yeah, of yeah, planets. yeah, yeah. So occasionally it's just nope. Get rid of it. Right, you know. we're sitting here in year two thousand. Yeah, right, exactly. Forty k you know. is forty thousand. Yeah. So there's <laughs> a lot more out there. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. just from the, the two thousand human. Worth in. noting, by the way, um, Ibram Gaunt is considered prob- possibly the, historically the most liberal commissar. I, I do, <laughs> I do get that. <laughs> I do get that from the books. It's like, boy, he, 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 he's not. You know, you really got to do something. Uh, heinously, even if you do something heinous, like the one guy. Um, in Necropolis. In Necropolis, yeah. yeah that the end, Sturm, right, that he ends up executing. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he gives him pretty much every chance to come back. And then, even then, he gives him the chance, like, look, you've got to pay for you've got to pay for your sins. Well, right. And it, I'll even let you do the honorable thing and commit suicide. And then he tries, you know, not to be spoiler, but, but you know, I'm, I'm, he I'm, doesn't do that. And then Gaunt finishes cups, it. Well, cups, he cuts off his hand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He just takes off his hand. He doesn't kill Sturm. He gets off his hand. Mm -hmm. And And he lets Sturm. Not to spoil it, keep that in mind. He lets (laughs) Sturm be tried for his crimes. Mm hmm. He doesn't yes, kill Sturm. He definitely yeah. doesn't. He just yeah. whoop, he takes his he takes goes, his he new blade of Yermado Sonoto oh, or whatever okay. the guy's and just. I thought he took off his head. I didn't think no, he took, no, off, he took his off his hand. hand. Yeah, and yeah. he is he is taken and tried. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Anybody? Anything else to say about how to beat the captain? Uh, I think we've got the big ones. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think with the captain, it's not really necessarily unit to unit strategy. It's a meta strategy. It's, it's like a I, gaming strategy. Yeah, right? it's overall. I gotta deny you cards. Okay, I've got a phone as well. Having played it, um, there is a lot of um, mileage in the ranged focus. The Space Marine Tau. Yeah. So yeah. I think when you're in your deployments and your timings, keep that in mind. Yeah, it's a great. Effect. Well, yeah, and the range stuff is right, and we'll talk about it with Kith because when you have ranged and initiative, you almost you have a kind of a double attack window. Yeah. Especially if they don't have range, you get to attack with all your range people, and then you have initiative, so you get to attack with everybody else, or mm-hmm. at least one other person before they get to to their meaningful uh, stages. All the so. chimeras pouring onto the onto the scene. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, so Packmaster Kith. Uh, so the Packmaster Kith is a. Oh, I'll let you guys read it since you have and stuff. Well, uh, she, um, she, I think, 
Yep. She is a 2 6 um, reaction after this warlord commits to a planet, but a chimera token into play at this planet. Okay. Which is a little one cost 2 1, I believe. Yep. yep. Oh, it's, a, it's a token, so it's a 2 oh, 1 cost. Two one, yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no cost. No cost, it. but it's a 2, two, one, two hit, one, one, one hit point. But mm. uh, they are. And they can get mean really quickly, right? Just, just so her it. signature squad, the 2 2, one command icon. To cost, um, Kith's Pack Masters, the, I think it's called Chimera, Chimera Masters. Chimera Masters. Masters. Yeah. So uh, the, they bring one into play themselves when you put them into play. So the Chimeras can quickly get out of hand, especially with uh, and it, when in combination with Chimera Den, where you can move. It's the support where you get to move them. Where you get to move them, yeah. wherever to a planet. So, and of it's your any choice. number. That's any the number. That's yeah. the killer. You any set number. one place up, and that's that's. You, set, you set. You target a place where they come from, and then the. Oh no! Is it target a place where you come from, and then go to? Move any number of tar- chimera tokens to a planet you control to a target planet. So you establish that target planet wherever those chimeras are. They collect there. Right. So yeah. as we as we pointed out last uh, last forecast. There can only be ten in play because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you can only get those ten tokens. We well, yeah, so it's so much better to only have you know twenty hit twenty hit. Yeah, 20 yeah. 20 20 20 20 you, you got ten units in play and you're looking at twenty oh, damage. No, only twenty damage. That's, in. <laughs> that's that's tough to deal with. Right, but right. There's there's one clear way that you can do this, right? Which is area effect. Mm-hmm. You have an area effect ta- attack. Um, which are there's area effect units sprinkled throughout um, the factions. There's chaos, Imperial Guard, Space Marines, well, half of them a lot. Squad. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. So one or two, an area effect of one will do in all the chimeras, just like that. Now they can shield them. I, I don't know that I would waste a shield on a chimera unless That's it was last last ditch effort to get right. to get the warlord or something. But that's the first one, right? That's the that's the biggie. Yeah. So so the diff- the difference between Packmaster Kiff and with the captain, I do think you can. Unit wise, you got to have the right units, but you can't you can defeat, uh, you can battle them unit per unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got You either got to have range area effect or you got to have ranged. And an interesting thing that I didn't realize that if you ha- give a area f- a unit that ha- has an area effect, and give it ranged. He gets to do his area effect attack during that range phase. Right. If they have range, the range keyword gives them the ability to perform an attack during the range phase. And then just exchange it with AOE. And then, and mm-hmm. then, so what you do is, if you have AOE, you may during your range during your attack, you may instead do area effect. So yes, there's only one way to do that. I think you give the marksman gun drones. You give the viola marksman gun drones, right? Because and that's the only range. That's the only range. That's the only way you can give uh, ranged to an area effect, or give area effect to a range character. Because a lot of the area effect guys don't have a ranged mechanic available to them. Like the one I'm thinking of that I recently uh, posted about was the uh, chaos guy. The the Three, the area effect three. What's his name? Oh, the, the bloodletter. The bloodletter, the vicious yeah. bloodletter, right? <laughs> so yeah. he has area effect three, but he doesn't get war gear attachments, right? Yeah, right. So, no, no so there's those limitations, like oh, you have area effect, oh, you have range, but you don't get area, you don't get war gear attachments, or maybe the and gun drones. I think loyal. is the only way to give area effect right now. And they're loyal, right? right? From memory. Um, Pretty sure the gun drone is. Yes, the gun drone is loyal to Tau. Yeah, so that's a big that's a bigger deal there as well. So yeah. so, you know, you're 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 kind of st- you're kind of stuck with Tau if you want to do that combination. That's for now. Mm-hmm. For now, right? But uh, we'll see. Yeah, because we'll see how that happens. There's an Astro Militarum. There's a, a what suppressive fire mm-hmm. that will allow you to target three Astro Militarum units and give them ranged. But I don't think there's any Astro Militarum units necessarily right now that have area effect. Well, you, there's the there's the uh, that's a good point. There's the Hellhound. There's an area effect one or two. Is that mentioned um, troop or unit? IG, in Imperial Guard. Suppressor. Is the suppressor fire mentioned troop or unit? 
It's army, army, army unit, unit. Army which unit. is Damn. which is the tank. Yeah, that's rough for hellhound. There's a Mordian hellhound, which does area effect one or two, mm-hmm. um, and that's an Imperial Guard unit. So you could um, do a, that. That's a good strong, good strong yeah. AOE here early on. It's not a particularly weak unit. Nice. Yeah. Is it suppressive fire that gives them? I or thought is it was that the one that or a preemptive barrage. Preemptive barrage. That's the one. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah suppressive fire. You're right. Suppressive yeah. fire exhausts a unit. Yeah. We don't have the cards in front. We only have a selected uh, amount of cards <laughs> in front of us. It's it's early in the morning, so we were a little uh, we were a little slow to get up. Um, Okay, so besides area effect, I think ranged. Ranged is good. Packmaster. Now the 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 dark eldar have a lot of range, so you need to be ready for that to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, relying on having initiative and so that so that you can make sure and get an attack in before they do their kind of ranged and then double and then a second attack. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably critical. You got to play that, play to the initiative a little bit too. I haven't had much experience against these guys. Is there something to be said for um, protection style units like the Land Raider, where it's the only thing you can target and stuff like that? Ones where you can get them to wear. Is there a way of getting to wear down those little two ones um, in, in wasted attacks? You know. Well, the Land Raider is not a bad idea because Archon's Terror is the event, the two cost event where you route a target unit. Right, mm. that comes from Dark Eldar, and that's a big one. Yeah. But it, but they can't exactly route if if you have your land raider at that planet, they can't route anybody there, mm-hmm. right? Because it land raider says that it can't be targeted by enemy card abilities, mm-hmm. other units. Yeah, so I, mean, so I think I I think that's a, that's a pretty good strategy. If you can, if they commit to a bit, to a planet like that, if you can drop a unit that either land raider or um, was it devoted bodyguard. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, that you, bodyguard, you just bodyguard. Yeah. Bodyguard. And yeah. you can put that onto a unit like uh, the conscripts that are a zero four that have a high high hit point to begin with. Yeah. Basically um zero five, yeah. Yeah. they're they're you know you can basically put a meat shield out mm-hmm. and that's absorb Yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking. Well all these little two ones where every every time you hit them back with something, you're gonna waste one. Right. Where he's ping, but the thing with the tokens though is that eventually though. Um, if you don't, if you don't kill the Chimeradin, if you don't kill the Packmaster, if you don't kill the Signature Squad, the tokens are just going to get recycled. Doesn't matter that you're taking out all these two ones left and right. Yeah. You eventually got to go and get those guys. Right. Looking at the um, Chimera Masters, <clears throat> obviously when you're playing Swarm Tactics, there's um, a temptation to go here, this location, fill it, fill it to the gills, win. You know, mm-hmm. th- at this planet. Um, I think there's definitely because they're one command t- command icon. There's a good argument for throwing a few around the table, because then it's oh, it's a two one and the one two and a command token. Well, that's fun. You know, whatever I send over there to try and win the command struggle, I can test it this turn. Is going to be facing three damage. Yeah. You know, that's pretty. That's you know, put just for that. Let alone any other units turning in. So that's a nasty thought. We were talking about denying card draw before for the Marines. There's one way. Good little out- outlier. If you're not focusing on one place, there's a good way of good way of playing that. And and there's um. One of the cards that came out in Howl of Blackmane, which is Death Skull Lutas. Death Skull Lutas. It's an orc. It's an orc card. Four cost. Two command icon. Two three. And this is a way to get rid of those supports, right? So, I've because when a support gets played, it's a big deal. I mean, people don't tend to. You know, you have your Catacan outposts. You have your you have your Holy Sepulchers, which bring Space Marines back. You have Chimera Dens mm-hmm. and Orc deal. Cannons, for goodness sake, right? <laughs> orc Cannon is a good is a good way to kind of limit the Pack Masters because you're saying tap, pick that planet, somebody's going to die, <laughs> right? So one of the, probably one of those little tokens. But if you can get rid of one two one with a tap of a card, yeah, exhausting still two a card, less, you know? yeah, it's exactly. And the Death Skull Looters. Their special ability is reaction. After this unit damages an enemy unit by an attack, so it has to attack, destroy a target enemy support card. Mm-hmm. Right? So you... And they're 2 three, four, And they're 2 three for, for four, four cost. A, it's expensive, but it has that powerful effect of, oh yeah, by the way, remember that support card you've been relying on for the last two turns? Boom, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing is that there's no false synergy there either. It's still a 2-3. It's not, it's not meaningless to attack with. It's not like you're throwing... And two command icons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two yeah. command icons. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's worth the four. That's good synergy. It's worth the yeah. four. Um, and, then, and then, of course, Warp Storm. Mm-hmm. Warp Storm will wipe the board of Chimera tokens. Exterminatus. Right. Yeah. Exterminatus would... Um, 
I've, if they're all, I've seen know. I've seen a lot of chimeras because they they go to planet one and then they come back to HQ. So even Doom, right? right. So you, you you play again. You play the game to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would say that this is this is a a deck. If you are playing uh, a Packmaster Kith deck, the one card you do not want to play on it is Cataclysm. Because you're putting all those little two costs, the Packmaster. Oh, the Calam- Calamity, you mean? Calamity, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're, yeah. You're, putting all those, you're putting all all them cards back into their hand. Well, great, thanks. When I deploy them again, you, you, know, you don't destroy the tokens. Yeah. The tokens stay in play. Yeah, yeah. And then when they get to deploy them again, then they get to play more tokens. Right. So that, that is definitely... Wait, so the token cards go back to hand on return? No, no, no. no. Cal- no. Calamity returns units of two cost or less, army units of two cost or less to your hand. Okay. Right. Tokens don't have a cost, right? So, so the, the guardsmen, the guardsmen, yeah. the chimeras, the snotlings, the cultists—they don't go to your hand, back to your hand by calamity. Wow, so they're immune to the effects. What yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's that's why we've interpreted. I don't think there's has there been an official ruling. I don't know that there's been an official ruling, but being that the cards are so literal, they're re- the, you know the the homing beacon moving back to HQ. Uh, that that's been. Um, Correct, you know that's been clarified to say that a, a, re, a warlord returning from a battle doesn't trigger homing beacon. It has to be actually move. They using the word move back, returning from the first planet or returning from a battle planet. Move, like physically moving the card does not trigger the homing beacon. Yeah. That's an interesting interpretation to have them as. Ooh, I'm, 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 I'll be surprised if they don't don't change the detail of those being zero costs or something like that. Just because, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, it's, so. it's 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 a big deal, right? But yeah. but you lose the calamity. You lose all the command icons uh, on those two two and one those cheaper units. Yeah. That's what calamity. You mean yeah? That's does, a good right? yeah. Okay, so it's, it's a it's a, a tactical reset rather than a combat one. Right, and the right. image on it is a, a ship being, ship hitting the side of a mountain. <laughs> right, well, a, a transport ship hitting the side. Of, like you lose all your commanders. Yeah. You lose all your mid-level, right. your, your captains, your, your, you know, these kind right. of guys. Right, so, right. But if you're if you're if you're playing the ones that they're, you know, you put them into play and they bring a chimera token into play. You know, maybe as at, maybe if you're playing Packmaster Kith, you want to go ahead and say this is a game with mm-hmm. military militarum. Mm-hmm. Like I do want to bring those guys mm-hmm. back, so mm-hmm. then I can lay out. More, 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 more and bring it and eventually. Yeah. That's the awful thought there. Yeah, is you return them and get some more. Yeah, yeah, and those are the the the, the big thing with the big thing with Packmaster is not only the Chimeras, because they're big. But if you don't get if they don't get the signature squads, the Chimeras are going to be few and far between because they're only going with her. They're only right. being created whenever she commits. The big thing with that you need to be aware of with uh, while playing against Dark Eldar is they they're essentially card denial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so they're playing the meta game where they're saying we're going to take cards out of your hand. We're not going to play you unit to unit. We're going to deny you the units on the table through Archon's Terror, but we're also going to play the Pact of the Monkey Light. Yeah, yeah, Pact of the Monkey Light to dis like I discard a card and you discard two, yeah. right? Or I, you sorry, you discard a card and, and I, I draw, draw two. two. That's, yeah. So it's card advantage with Dark Eldar. It's card advantage in the mechanics of the of the faction. Not necessarily the mechanics of the game, but in the mechanics of the faction, mm-hmm. and that can be devastating. And I think maybe that's where that's why they're so powerful, because mm-hmm. you you know you build a deck and you have your cards and you expect to be able to play your cards, and then Dark Eldar comes out and uh, against you, and all of a sudden you don't have every other you know a, a card in every other turn that you're being denied through some function. Now you were saying there's quite a bit of range in Dark Eldar anyway. Um, we might want to remind people of the assassination possibilities of that. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. The signature Agonizer of Bren. Yeah. Yeah. For Attached to an army unit, attached unit gets plus one attack for each Chimera token you control. Yeah. So it can be some, yeah, that can be some seriously powerful stuff. Yeah, it's one shot kill, but, you know. Yeah, and I, I've only seen, I have, maybe I just haven't played enough. Maybe I haven't played enough of them. Um, I just haven't seen a lot of Chimera tokens in play. Some every once in a while, like one game will have four. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. But uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. you've got this one worse than that before, right? John? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even though, but even then, he only had he had five or six. Mm-hmm. But I again, you know, I had I had uh, I was playing Astro Militarum, so I, I had five or six units as well. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and move on to the command struggle. And so the scourge has hit stores. What does everybody think of the, the new war pack? Um, well, uh, <laughs> well, Carl hasn't. I guess you haven't seen it yet. Unfortunately, I, 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 I like it. One of the things, uh, 
the Kugoth, as we as we talked about Kith, Kugoth could really could really take care of Kith uh, and and the Chimeras quite easily because as units move the the signature squad is a two two as units move to that planet, every single unit that moves to that planet takes a damage from the Nurglings. Yeah. So Chimeras die immediately. Not the not the one that pops with the, with the master, with with the warlord, but anything else that comes in. That's and that can be heinous. I'm. It I'm, can be. It can be a board clearing effect. Right. So for this, for this, for this upcoming tournament season, um, I want to play chaos, and so I built a chaos deck, and then this war pack hit, and I'm like, I'm switching my warlord. <laughs> I am going go, with the. Go. I am going with the play. Yeah, ball. and that's the, the wonderful part. There is. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you got the, okay. You you throw some stuff down. Cool. I'm gonna throw a damage. You am I gonna throw a damage at you? Because all I'm giving you is that activating that warlord ability, which heals me and zaps one of you guys. Right. You know, that, right. That's well, rough. when the warlord moves to that planet as well, it yeah. takes a damage. Right. Yeah. So then the warlord is attacking for one and putting one somewhere else. Yeah. Exactly. You can put it on the one you're attacking, but you're you. What is it? Move a damage, that's so it's unpreventable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't. You're not dealing it. It's just yeah. awesome. And it's that, awesome. I'm saying the fact you're healing yourself. If you're if you're mm-hmm. playing the warp flame, one, I'm going to hit your wall for two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have one back. And then you <laughs> can. And then your kill shot is the signature one of in here, which is the plague of the All Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is it? Fetid haze. So at combat action, remove all damage from a target Nurgle unit you control. The warlord is a Nurgle unit. Then you have your opponent deal an amount of da- indirect damage equal to the damage removed among army units he controls at the same planet. Oh. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so so the the your warlord is damaged and it, he's he's releasing all kinds of stench and a lot of people die as a result. Known as, known, known as spreading the love. There you go. Holy. So that's so those that's pretty impressive. Um I think there'll be a fine line because you know you want to. If you have that card in hand, you want to have four or five damage onto your warlord, and then commit to a planet where there's a number yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's like oh, you got three units there, all with uh, one or two hit points so for a total of five. I'm gonna commit there and we're, let's that's, play this. That's an interesting call. You were saying the Nurglings when 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 the unit commits there, it takes damage. Any unit, any unit. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Any unit that moves to a planet where a Nurgling already is. is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. so. I've I've interpreted it to be if the Nurgling is going with the Warlord to a planet, mm-hmm. the Nurgling doesn't deal damage to anybody yeah, that goes to that there. planet at the mm-hmm. time because it's not already there, mm-hmm. right? Right. So the trigger condition has to has the, they have to be present for the at that planet for the trigger condition to happen. So if they're moving, it doesn't trigger. But if people are moving to them, mm-hmm. boy, does it. Maybe there's something to be said there for him for laying out Nurglings early on, moving your warlord gently along, doing his job. Then by the end, when he's got three or four damage, you're all cool. It's the yeah, third yeah, I'm well, win it. and that's Ooh, and that's the know. great thing. I got one. I played ga- one game with this uh, so far, maybe two. Um, I got one Nurgling early and one late, and it really hurt. I didn't get it, and I didn't get him in time. But if I get one, if you get a one or two. Now the reason I didn't have them is because I had the. Three. I had three of the signature cards in my opening hand, and it wasn't a great hand. But I had the three signature cards, so I was like, "Okay, I gotta keep this. I gotta see what's going on. Right? <laughs> I gotta see what I can do." Um. So, th- th- but you know, the Space Wolves. We already mentioned the Morkai Rune Priest. He's an interesting. He's an interesting one. Um, the IG got a couple of things. Uh, uh, Imperial Guard, Astra Militarum, what, however you want to call it. See, you've got me doing it now. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the book, so I'm just calling them Imperial Guard. Um, <laughs> but they're Astra Militarum. So they're, they got the bulldozer, mm-hmm. the dozer blade. So as weapons become, or sorry, as vehicles become more prominent in the Astra Militarum, that could be useful. I don't know if it's useful right now. Mm-hmm. And then the, the big one that I like is the Fenrisian, Fenrisian wolf. Ah, yes. It's a creature, so it can attach... To things that have a no war gear attachment limitation, so um, you know space. This is this might be a way that you get your your. Well, it's it's still an attachment, atta- but there are some it, things. It's still a war an attachment. Yeah, oh, no war gear specifically. Okay. No war gear attachments, but you can attach a Fenrisian wolf. So you can put a Fenrisian wolf on a dreadnought <laughs> if you want. Have it. Have it not quite attack, but deal damage. You can do that. Can you attach to a, an enemy unit? 
There's nothing saying. I mean, how you could, yeah, you could. But yeah, so he's got a big old six, and you swing it in his own guys. That's what it says. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, the exhaust attached unit deal deal damage equal to its attack value to a target army unit at the same planet. So okay. you could swing at the same guy if you yeah. wanted to. No, I mean, could could you could you well, have an enemy one and then exhaust that enemy one? Is that what it's saying? No, no. Okay, yeah, because, because you can't exhaust it. Yeah, no. Yeah, because a, it, yeah, there's no way you would be exhausted. Basically, okay. if you gave him a unreasonable, you're like, here, hit but, me harder. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. So no, no, no. It's it's basically it's a pr- before ranged. Mm-hmm. Right after oh, yeah. a planet, this, uh, after a battle begins, so you can you can exhaust to do damage even before the range step. That's a rough little trick. No, yeah. no two ways about yeah. it. Is that a loyal card? Um, it is not. Ooh. It is not a loyal card. So <laughs> it will see a lot of splash. I think um, that's a big one. So, so the one thing with, with this, with uh, and we talked about, we hit upon this if this was possible earlier uh, with the release of this war pack being a one core set player. I do believe it's now you can now do a mono faction. As long as you include some of the neutral cards. Because uh, I looked at um, the I looked at the Astra Militarum and with just the Astra Militarum cards and the neutral cards, you have fifty one cards now. So, okay. So you can you can do a mono deck. Will it be effective? I have no idea. Right. But you right. can't you, you you don't yeah. have you don't have to include allies. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're saying okay. you're saying all this, and I'm I'm just now gearing up to get my second box because I'm like, yep, I've looked at this stuff and gone, I need this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dark Eldar, Dark Eldar. Um, there's sixty some odd cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a, again, this is just this is just being a one core set player. Um, so, what do you really, I, I really think? Cool. I, yeah, and I think mono faction is possible. I've played a couple guys who play mono faction decks. Um, and uh, well, mono faction has been possible if you if you invested in this in in, in, in three, three of sets, the core yeah. sets. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the deal. That and basically, it, yeah. But but there's there's weaknesses to each one. I, I you know, you and I have been playing games for how long? Uh, all three of us have been playing games forever. I like flexibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, having plan A and no plan B is not necessarily the way I want to go into a game, especially a card game like this with such randomness involved. So that second faction really gives me a bil- an ability to. To to bolster the weaknesses mm-hmm. of whatever faction I'm using. Right now, I played that Kugath All Father Plague Father deck, and it had command problems. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of resources, but I had I couldn't win command. I, I had plan- There were a lot of planets in the game that gave resources, but no cards. My opponent had the card planets locked down. I couldn't draw. I had empty hands for two the last two turns. I had empty hands. And so you need that support. So where do I get that support for command icons? Well, I'm playing. Kugoth with orcs. Should I play Dark Eldar, mm-hmm. right, for the more command icons? So, so I think mono faction. Yes, it, it can be played. I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know how it's going to do. I suspect that it's not going to do very well at, at the store championship. Maybe the, a great player will get a hold of it and go with it, right? Um, more the time will tell. It, mono faction will become possible as more war packs are released. Yeah, I think that's so the. So I think that's one of the big deals there. Is it's just the. The expanding card pool effect as you go along, more and more space marine things may mean that staying space marines. I know I don't want the tile stuff. Forget it. I'll stay with that. You know, don't want the Astra Militarum. Um, I think long term as well, it might be worth keeping an eye on the meta value of that as as a, as a mm-hmm. bigger meta, as a stronger meta develops for conquest. The whole idea of oh, it's space marines. Oh, he'll have he'll have his range units from Tau. I'll have his swarm master from Tarum. Oh, they're not here. Right. I mean, the surprise value, you know, I don't know whether that whether that would be meaningful or not. But I think, as you say, extant, ex- expanding card pool is the one thing that will drive that along. I ha- honestly haven't considered Manufaction until now at all. I think yeah. I'd automatically gone, no, I want to fill those gaps. I want these, these other cool units in here. Right. All right, so um, uh, we'll move on to uh, combat and tournament scenes. So we'd love to hear what your plans are for store championships. So if, if you guys have... Uh, local store championships. I know that here in Colorado there are two scheduled for February 28th down in Colorado Springs and on March 1st in central Denver. Um, there are two others that are that two other stores in the area in, in Colorado that got store championships and they're yet to uh, finalize a date but we'll, we'll look for that in the future. If you have any if you want to alert anybody to your store championships I suggest posting on Reddit, posting on uh, Facebook groups, Get get the word out. Uh, make your st- make it known that your store, that your location, is a place where people can play conquest, and and I will, I and then you can build the community from there. Um, 
So what do you do when you're running a tournament? If, if you, now I will preface this by saying, you can probably stop listening now if you're not interested in the kind of tournament running geekdom that I love, right? So, but if you are interested in, in hosting a tournament and being a leader in your community and, and putting functions together, I, I have a couple of words of advice. I've run a, a half a dozen Netrunner tournaments and so, uh, and, and I know my rules and I know my net tournament structures and these kind of things. So this is coming, these are my bits of advice. First of all, announce the tournament date, get it out there, get word out there. Uh, get help and or software at, um, for your tournament. Um, I have a, a, in a purely self-serving point of view, I have a tournament worksheet that I've put together for Conquest. The link is up on our Facebook site and you can look at that. Get help. The software really helps tremendously in those calculations, especially with Conquest, where you have strength of schedule being a part of it. Okay. Practice with the software beforehand, whether you use mine or whether you use another one's. Practice with it beforehand because you don't want to be learning the software the day of the tournament. You want to have sheets for people to track their results. You want to announce whether or not deck lists are, will be required. If if deck sleeving will be required. Now for the store championship that we talked about. Sleeves are going to be required, right? Um, deck lists are going to be required. So plan for those. Uh, be informative. Over-communicate. Don't under-communicate. Right? That's, if, you're, if you at all think, well, maybe I should tell people this, tell, tell it to them. Right? Before the first round begins, tell them how long rounds are going to be. Tell them how many rounds you're going to have. Yeah. You know, 55 minutes for Conquest, 55 minutes will work in 99% of the cases. So, from, a player, uh, from a player perspective here, um, talking uh going going to the tournament if you're the to don't assume your players know the rules don't assume the players know the i i'm i'm saying yeah, obviously the basic rules but inter- the rule intricacy on some of those and, and don't assume the players are gonna know what oh this is just a standard tournament so we're gonna have such and such it communicate that location by location is a big deal as well i mean here at the cafe we run regular events for a number of games every day every day of the week we say the same things. There are people here who have been here hundreds of times and they hear this it's exactly the same stuff. People need to hear it. You can't assume they know they can't assume they know how you're gonna do things. You, know, yep. you need to pass that along. Yep. Yep. Uh, you wanna know you wanna announce to that extent you wanna announce who the judges might be, right? And then, you know, if it's your first or second time, give yourself a break. Don't you know take the time don't be don't feel under pressure um typically i can turn a round results r- results from round two around to have matched round three pairings in five to ten minutes that's using software um but i'm practiced at it i've no i've done it before um if you take three extra minutes to make sure the pairings are right everybody will love you a little bit more than if you do it three minutes faster get the pairings wrong and they have to rejig right so uh, there's a lot of little counters in this game. People don't want to pick them up twice in between rounds, right? Um, have the game rules, the tourney rules, and the frequently asked questions available, you know, for anybody to reference. And if people do, you know, start getting uh, pissy about about a rules change, about a rules um, conundrum, if they start arguing about a card interpretation or whatever else, come over, handle the dispute, but remind people that that we're here for stuff you don't need. Right? No one needs another playmat. No one needs an alternate art card. Right? It's, we're all playing to have fun. You know, tr- so to try to diffuse the situation a bit there. Um, and then the way, the final word that I really have to say about this, and particularly the LCG tourney scene, um, is I approach it as, as uh, and I try to advertise tournaments as not tournaments, but gatherings in which the players of the game agree to play a certain number of games with the same deck. And we're just keeping track of the results. And that's all, right? That's all. Otherwise, it's, it might as well be a casual game night. Yeah, there's no, there's no right? leaderboards that your failures are getting posted on for all time. Right. There's no, there's no national stage. There's no national rankings. God forbid we go to that. I, you know, I'm, I'm heavily <laughs> against it. I don't like national rankings. I don't like international rankings. Um, and, w- and we'll go from there, right? Um, one thing I do want to say is FFG has this split half pairings um, outlined in their tournament rules. Uh, I've talked to FFG organized play. I, I asked them about it, and they said, "Oh, they I don't I we huh we 
they were they were kind of surprised that, that I even read that much detail. I think they surprised anybody read that paragraph. And then they said, no, no, no. Any way that you randomize within groups based on your match points is perfectly fine. So this is referring to the, the draft style seating <laughs> thing that's listed on the... No, the uh, split... They, and for Conquest, they have a split half pairings process that they talk about in their yeah. tournament rules, right? So when you're pairing people after the first round, when you're pairing people after the first round based on match points, you're supposed to split them in a top half and a bottom half of that group and then pair them off together, right? Well, that's impossible to do software-wise. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't... You can't recre recreate that software-wise. Um, and it's very, very hard. And I talked to Organized Play about it, and they said that any way that you randomize within a group, group being based on only match points, right? Okay. Then any ways you randomize within a group so as people aren't being paired again a second time is perfectly acceptable so to them. Swiss. Regular Swiss. <laughs> that would be the answer. <laughs> yes. Thank you for bringing us around to the point, Carl. That's what you guys are talking about, so just use the word. We're yes, absolutely. It, absolutely. You know? If you're not familiar with it, then I suppose ask on Facebook, but Swiss is the way to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so those are my remarks. So, you know, if you have any questions about running a tournament, feel free to post the Tracks Sector Workhouse, our Facebook page, the Team Covenant page where we're hosted. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to answer them. You can find a lot of answers online, as, as you uh, probably are well aware. Okay? So, uh, next episode, I think we're planning to continue our How Do You Beat Them segment. I'd like to. I, I think, I think uh, and we'd like to hear people's ideas about um, strategies that they've employed to beat some of the popular decks, uh, especially Kato and, and Packmaster Kiff. Uh, we've talked about this, this episode. Being the least played of the three, I'd like to hear more about the popular decks, too. So please, tell us what people are playing. Thanks to Team Covenant for hosting this forecast. We'd like to thank Haunted Game Cafe for letting us record here. If you'd like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions for us, you can contact us at Trexis Sector Warcast. That's T-R-A-X-I-S Sector Warcast at gmail.com. Again, Trexis Sector Warcast at gmail.com via our Facebook page, or leave a comment in the episode section. Thanks for listening. The, the Emperor, Emperor Protects. Protects. Sorry, it, U.S. on the end equals Latin. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm sorry. That's what I'm going to